Hello and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, with my co-host. This is Dad. Hey, and to, hey yeah. It's, oh, it's, yes. Sponsor. It's Can't Perrier, forget. And I know we did Lorange and we still have it because we're doing the second segment, but there's also a lime. That's it's gonna leave it at Perrier. There's a lime. There's a cucumber mint too, which uh, is actually my favorite. But uh, really, you know, I don't know if I can do that. I'll have to try it. Maybe it's just cucumber. Yeah, because I'm not but we're going with Perrier again, but this time lime, so it's a different sponsor, but really the same one. We're going to make this sucker happen. <laughs> maturity. Uh, yes, maturity. <laughs> maturity, the, uh, the practices and the, uh, the, the full, thick description of what maturity is. We talked about the foundation, Christ-likeness, yep. um, not perfection, or at least not as we, uh, not in any like, mathematical oh we are complete and then i can just let go but in the idea of a tree that is uh doing what it's supposed to that it has arrived at its full growth it's still growing slightly but it's giving fruit what does that look like in our lives and uh you know in the last one i think you did a great job of pointing us to psalm one as kind of the beginning and the did i point us there or did you for practices, you pointed us yeah, there. You, I, I referenced it, but right. you definitely said. So, so I, and I think in a previous podcast, I mentioned this. So I want to be very careful because I don't want to be redundant. But I think it's important as we talk about Christ's likeness. In Psalm 1, it talks about, and you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And I remember doing a job. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I share this. <laughs> where one time I worked with some bushes that were near water, and I worked with a tree that the creek had uh, dried up. And I went through a whole long diatribe, but what basically the tree next to the river that had dried up was dead. And the tree that was, I'm sorry, the bushes, and I mean it, the bushes were ridiculously tangled, strong roots, because they were at the source of life. And the source of life for a believer who wants to be Christ-like is that they have to absorb, they have to um, drink deeply from the fountains of God's word. Now, that could be done in so many different ways today, okay? That could be a very intimate, personal time. It could be do, done as you do that journaling. It could be done by listening to Scripture while you, while you drive. Excuse me, it could be done through worship as you drive. It could be done through a podcast, listening to sermons. But to have the mind of Christ, you need to fill your mind with Christ. That's about as simple as it gets. If you really want to know who Christ is, you have to spend time with Christ. And I believe it was Tozer, what you, how you look at God is who you really are. And I think it's defined. Your view of God is the greatest thing or is the most important thing about you. And it is. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've in the last month counseled numerous people who their view of God is that he is, um, he's either angry, um, because their view of God is taken from a picture of their father or he's not loving or he doesn't care because they're looking at God through the lens of life, not through the lens of truth, which is his word. They're looking at examples of people. And, and the truth is that's why we need to be Christ-like because we often reflect Christ. That is why we should be salt and light. And you have talked about this numerous times. Yeah, oh, jump, absolutely. Jump. Um, when you talk about uh, a tree, and we uh, we talk, I, I love saying that metaphor. The ultimate health of the tree is, uh, and you said this, 
it goes back to the roots, right? You definitely, there are some times where you want to lop off some branches that are just stealing things out. So when we talk here, and I, I want to talk about the, the health of us as human beings, um, and when we talk about practices, I don't want to make the same mistake as Ben Franklin. So what Ben Franklin did is he wanted to um, become a virtuous person. So he created a journal, and he's like, this week I'm going to work on being a humble person. And the next week I'm work on being a loving person. And so he just worked on, I'm going to be a humble person. He was just like, he just tried to be humble for that week. And he was hoping that created a habit. And then he moved to the next one. And by the time he got to the third or fourth week, he was starting to lose the ones he'd started before. I don't think uh, when we talk about that list in Galatians 5, that we should be, hey, I am going to be, I'm going to be self-controlled. And it, you try and create these fruits without the practices of the roots. Because that's conforming. Right. And so Not the transformation of the word and of Christ. And this was revolutionary for me. And I've heard in a couple different places, but the one that I want to give credit to is Pascal. So a lot of people get Pascal's wager. Hey, you know, it's better uh, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're wrong, then you just die and nothing happens. If you're an atheist and you're wrong, there's punishment. You know what I mean? Consequences. And so, right. And people are always like, well, I can't make myself believe. And that actually isn't his argument. His argument, and I think this is true, is that there are practices that lead to belief, right? He said, you don't have to, you can't just make yourself like, oh, okay, all of a sudden I, I believe something different. But if you engage in communal practices, you can change what you believe. And so one of the things that it, in our current philosophical model that we sometimes, not always, get mixed up is that we know that actions follow thoughts, but we don't always realize that thoughts also follow actions. And so as we talk about practices for this, this to me was incredible because I would, uh, I've been battling, I wouldn't say chronic depression. It's just like, it's, it, it is, a, it is something that I I've kind of worked with my entire life. Right. And I'm like, I just can't get out of this funk. And one of the most helpful and hopeful things I've ever been told is just go do something and it will. And this is, true from a neurobiology standpoint. This is true from spiritual standpoint. Like you can change what you're thinking by doing. And so I don't feel like going to church, go to church. I don't feel like singing at church. Just sing. Even if your heart isn't in it, you are acting in obedience. And so when we talk about the practices, the, we, we don't see reading scripture as a fruit. That is a root practice. That's what it means to abide in Christ. So the, there are certain practices that are roots and that's what you should be focusing on. And then you will see the fruit later on. And like you don't, we don't fully understand. I mean, we do now, but like when I'm watching, I don't see the stuff going up through the trunk. No. Right. But right. I know if I feed the roots, then it's going to come out as fruit. And if I try to skip that process, it's just crazy. So when we talk about things like spending time in the word, however you do that, uh, you mentioned podcasts for me, there's an incredible podcast. It's called the Daily Liturgy Podcast yep, by Coram Deo Church. To it. yep. it's, it's just really good. And one of the things they do is they pray the our, our Father every day. And I pray with them, even if I don't feel like it. And what it does is it's just... we can't live by feelings. Right. And we can't live by our doubts. You know, um, for me and, and the struggles that I've had, one of the most powerful passages of Scripture is, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. And so as we sit through and think through all these things, things like prayer, things like 
uh, spending time in scripture, things like going to church. These are spiritual disciplines that help you abide in Christ. And I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about it. And it's something that the Lord is doing in my heart. Mm. But fasting too is one of those things. And I think it's a question of authority. It's a question of when you look at your life, there's the uh, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the world. And these are three uh, great categories and types of temptations and, and habits and, and problems that can, you know, can come. And when you talk about the lust of the flesh, I, I didn't realize as I was working through some of my own spiritual growth, how freeing it was to just look at myself and say, no, you're going to be okay. I, I don't need to eat right now. I'm not fasting right now. Obviously, like for me, this is a, a teaching thing. I'm not trying to brag in any ways, right? Like that's like, it, I, I just want to encourage people because it's not something I'd ever really understood. But this is, these are all ways of learning to abide in Christ. So when I, for, I think we've talked a lot about the other ones, but when we talk about fasting, what you're saying is my body needs to be put in submission uh, is something that I'm stewarding and needs to be put in submission to Christ. And I can tell it, no, I have authority over my body given to me by Christ. So a great book that I would encourage everybody to consider getting is Habits of Grace by, I think it's David Mathis. Oh, it's a good book. Yeah. And, and so those Habits of Grace, I love what you said, are daily actions that affect your thinking. Um, and... Of all and your body. The, yeah. But one of the things that I have come to really understand is, and it goes back to, you know, your mindset, growth mindset, but the word mindset, your mind, mm. your mind is the most powerful tool. You will talk about it, um, how your mind will race. Uh, so I, I love um, coaching. I love athletics. So I have to constantly, you know, like we watched the Celtics last night because, and, and honestly, I have a friend and I love him dearly, but the truth is it's, it's a game and, 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 and people have so many questions about it all. And why didn't this guy do it? Well, both guys are trying, both teams are trying and everybody's up, but th- th- it, your mind can race to all that stuff or probably better. My mind can mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know what? Like that I needed to, to to discipline my mind in, I'm going to think on things which are above, not set my affections on things on this earth. And it's not just that area, but everything, whether it be finances, homes, um, what we own, what we owe, all these things, our minds can go into patterns. Like, and so these disciplines of grace, mm. and you've mentioned them, scriptural reading, prayer, meditation. Yeah fasting, worship, corporate worship, yeah. private worship. Um, these are choices that we make that impact and feed our minds. And this, I mentioned bodies earlier. And the reason I say this mindset is very important. And I don't want to like, that's a big part and something I've been struck by. And this is where the roots and fruits thing is really important. Our habits that I don't, aren't really part of my mindset per se. It's not something I, what I should say, it's not something I consciously think about. Um, they become routines, they, and, and things that I do without thinking. So for instance, and Becky Sue is very gracious with me. Uh, if there is a bag of food in front of me, I tend to get lost in my thoughts and I'm a man given to appetite. 
I will eat the whole thing and I, and I will feel terrible afterwards. Not and even in my, my stomach. I, I've always been blessed with a good metabolism. I feel because I was supposed to share it. <laughs> I was supposed to share it with her and she's learned that she can only give me half the bag because otherwise I'll just eat it. And I don't even think about it because it's a bad habit. And when we talk about habits, those are so pernicious. And so if you look at it as like, oh, I'm going to like work on this habit, you can, you become this weird tussle of like self-control and like cycles of failure. But there are ways of working. I wouldn't say sideways. I'd say from below these things with these spiritual practices that can, will eventually start surprising you and how it helps you with these moments. Yeah. And I think it opens your eyes to the areas that, <laughs> yes. that have become very ritualistic and habitual. You don't even know they're there. And in, instead of, you know, he, uh, you mentioned before, and I think it's important, Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, it's another picture of yes. it. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. So I, but that whole Sermon on the Mount, he says, um, you know, I, I, I say unto you, do not kill, but I say, be angry and mm. sin not. Okay. He goes and he takes it to a whole nother level. And what he said, is, these are the laws, but this is the heart. Mm. Okay. And the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Right. And so how do you transform or how do you change your heart? It's not with uh, Ben Franklin's conforming. I'm going to do these things. And yes. it's got to be an inner change where we stop allowing our lives and our habits, desires to be many kingdoms, and we become Christ-like and kingdom-driven. And a mature believer will show forth love, not anger, not hate. A mature believer doesn't look for an argument. He seeks peace. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he runs from truth. Right. He exemplifies truth. Sometimes a quiet one answer and a look that's what jesus did all the time a quiet answer uh turns away wrath right so christ would just say well, something sometimes <laughs> sometimes christ let them have it too which right. is rightfully well and then that's so wisdom how did he know? yes yeah. discernment <laughs> but but I, I think of all those things love joy peace and the word is forbearance in the esv long suffering the uh, patience with one another with people so uh, a, a fruit of the spirit for your, your mom and I is we just changed the battery on the lawnmower and we actually kind of did it together. And there was a time when we would have to do other projects 15, 20 years ago, putting lattice up in Wisconsin. We all would laugh like, cause mom and I would great. And she wanted to do it a certain way. I want to do it. She, she did the lattice with me as well. And uh, same those, thing are, for those are some, those were exciting times. Yes. <laughs> Same with your brother, Drew. And the truth is, all of us, we're laughing right now, but it, there's this self-control, growth, mm. long-suffering, forbearance, speaking kindly. Mm. Um, is our speech seasoned with salt? These are clear characteristics of a believer that's maturing in Christ because they're becoming like Christ. And you said it. Christ seasoned his speech with salt, and sometimes he just said the truth. He didn't go on a tangent. He just said, ye vipers. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, Hello. I have not tried that with anybody. <laughs> no, it's, uh, uh, I wanted to mention. There may be a day you'll have to. Right. There may be somebody you're going to have to look at and say, almost say Ichabod. Yeah. Uh, the glorious departed. <laughs> yeah. Like he, like <laughs> Sorry, that, that took me. 
That took me a second. Um, but as I look at this, it's like, well, what's the value of the le- uh, list of fruit then? I think it goes back to what you said about the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? You can look at a tree and not know what's wrong with it. The only way, like, the only way that you can judge is judge by the fruits. Is it accomplishing what it's supposed to be doing? And so it's always a question of interpretation. How do I know that this person is a Christian? I, the only thing I can judge is their fruits. How do I know I'm a Christian? Because we are hard as deceitfully wicked and we can fool ourselves. But if I look at this list of love, joy, peace, self-control, self-control isn't something you just like drop on. It's like, this is my kingdom. I am in control. Like there are people who are in control of their emotions and they are, it's not really a fruit, right? So it's not, it has to be tied to that root. But if you don't have self-control, something's wrong. So what I wanted to say was, it's a question of authority, right? It's that when we say self-control, it's like, I have brought myself into subjection to Christ. Which is really motivation. Right. If I'm, if I'm showing self-control because it helps me gain more kingdom elements, yeah. like I'm not going to lose my temper, this guy, I'm going to own him. Yeah. I mean, let's speak, you know, call truth, truth, or like or how we live, or, or am I going to show self-control so that I can reflect Christ to this man who needs to see Christ right now? So motivation, I mean, people do right things, but the truth is sometimes it's for the wrong motivation. And Christ-likeness is doing the right thing to reflect Christ because Christ liveth in me. Why was I a good kid? I think sometimes it was for the right reasons, oh. but let's be... Let's be honest. The reason I was a good kid is because I was too lazy. I, I like I watched other people rebel and I was like, it didn't go well. For I, them. I was like, well, for what I wanted to do, like, I didn't really care about partying. I liked reading and I was like, I'll just obey and I'm just going to go over and do my own thing because this looks like a lot of work and hassle. And that's just a question of my laziness, right? That's like, that's not. <laughs> yeah, or laziness or wisdom. Like, like I'm not going to go through Sometimes that because it it's was, a waste of their, no, I know you, I think you're, yeah. but there's, there's wisdom, like, like they're banging their head against a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say like, I, there were, I, I did right, it for the right reasons sometimes, motivation. but sometimes, sometimes it was literally just like, I'm not even going to go there because it's not worth it. I've had this conversation with people that I, as I partner with people in ministry, I said, I want to be your friend, not so I can get your money. Right. And that's a, that's a challenge sometimes because I have to raise money. Right. And so I'm pretty upfront about it. And I go, it's hard sometimes. <laughs> like, I, like yeah. I know this is my livelihood, but and either, I don't, that may, I don't know if that's digressing or is it's reality of Christ likeness. What is my motivation? Is it to honor God and bring glory to Jesus and to be like Christ? Or is it to get something? Well, and I think the answer is, that you cannot have fruits without roots. You can, but only for a season. So if something's wrong with the roots, eventually it'll show up in the fruits. So, and this is where interpretation is something that happens over time, right? You can't just look at someone's like, well, 10 years ago they were a good person, but now you're like, but then they must be a good person. This is like, you can be a mature Christian and backslide. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on uh, the roots that lead to joy? Um. Well, first of all, the, 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 I would say it, it, you're, you're laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I realized I really put you on the spot with that. But I'm but good I was with being on the spot it. with that. Joy is different than happiness. All right? Happiness is usually about me. Joy is in Christ. So how do I find joy in Christ? By looking at my life 
and seeing his goodness, being content with whatever I have. Um, that's Philippians chapter four, um, striving to walk with Christ because there's peace and joy. They often go together when I rest in Christ. So how do I be, uh, have joy in my life? I stop looking at my scenario and I put my eyes on Jesus. Mm. My focus is on Christ. I will have joy because I will be able to reflect. Yes, there may be suffering today, but I will have long suffering for the future. So there's just so many mm. uh, variables there. Did I answer that? Okay, do you think? Or, yeah, yeah. Or did I, did, I, it obviously always starts with Christ. We, yeah, we talked gotta, about you, that. You got to look. Um, and for me, you know, there's a there's another piece to that with contentment, right? Like Big it's deal. just like, um, and I, I I don't think we want to go through every single fruit, and but I think it's good to show people. You start meditating. That's what meditating is. It's like, okay, what what does it mean to have joy? And uh, normally people think of just like the fruit of that. It's like, uh, I've seen a joyous person. And it's like, okay, what is that? Like, what, a, what led to that? And that when we look at these different fruits of the spirit, what you're doing is you, you, you can meditate on the roots that lead to those fruits. And that's, what I, that's why I asked you, I wanted to show people what that looks like. And it's a great question because I think the whole thing goes back to contentment and, and, and it goes back to your discussion with your own self and then with all of us about, okay, what, what drives me? Because if, if happiness, which we can um, confuse with joy is I get this new uh, shirt, which doesn't matter to you. So I get these, this food, whatever. Like I get, I get what I want. I got, I, I, I may have made a stress purchase of a set of Thomas Aquinas. So that's <laughs> right. Okay. That brings me happiness, but it's not joy. Joy right. is in contentness. And Paul said this, I've learned to whatever state I am therewith to be content. Paul was, Paul and Silas were joyous in jail. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Right. That's it. But they, and they're giving, but, but they knew that they were being, uh, because you go back to that word of submitting to God, they were being used of God in a great way. In fact, they changed uh, the trajectory of numerous lives by leading one, the jailer to Christ and his family, and who knows where that went. And that is fruit. And that is joy. Yeah. Because I, you know, there is joy in serving <laughs> Jesus. People can laugh at that, but that's really the truth. Going back to what you said, if I'm struggling, if I serve others, I will be in a better spot emotionally, mentally. It'll bring me joy. You know, for someone who talks about how bad they are at singing. I think I you profess. Yeah, I think you protest. You protest, protest to too profess. Much. You I protest profess too much. And I protest too much. <laughs> I do love it. You know what? When mom and I were on vacation, there were a bunch of songs that came on. Yeah. And actually uh, Michelle said, Ooh, look at Pete. I can sing. If I copy the person singing, I cannot choose the right notes, but I can sing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing right now. Hey, all right. I, I don't even know if we digressed there, if it was just a reality. It comes down to us striving to be like Christ. And thus, there will be... Uh, Zach, is that good? <laughs> I got the orange calf in my hand, folks. It, it is coming down to this. I'm going to practice the disciplines that we are given. And again, I want to go back to um, the Habits of Grace by Mathis, folks. Read it. Hmm. Add it to your life and add these practical things. And if you have any questions or any thoughts, you know, you when you subscribe or like, you yeah. could ask them online. Well, seriously, yeah, I would be glad to answer those if there's something. Hey, do you have a good recommendation of books? Go. 
for me, I'm always going to go back to things like uh, there's a lot of good Henry Nouwen books. Uh, yeah. Cost of Discipleship is really good. By Bonhoeffer. Uh, by uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So uh, Here and Now by Henry Nouwen is really good. One of my favorites. Um, and there's there's so many good books. Uh, Paul Tripp just released a systematic and I'm just starting to get into it. And um, it's so applicable, uh, contrary to most systematics, which are good, but Paul Tripp's like that. It's going to immediately apply to your life in ways that kick your butt in a good way. And he has another book, New Morning Mercies, that I read every day um, that challenges our heart. And that is the whole issue. Uh, motivation, uh, why we do what we do. May God speak to our heart. Thanks, Dan. Love you, buddy. Have Love a good you. One. Bye.